Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. Today on Core Principles, I'm delighted to welcome back to the program my dear friend, Jenna Day. She's an actor and a director in California. We're going to be talking about her new movie project called Danny Boy. But before we begin, Jenna, I want to wish you a very happy birthday one day late. Thank you very much. (laughs) We actually were scheduled to do this on your birthday. I'm glad something else came up. I hope you had a fun time. I did. I was riding some roller coasters and getting treated like a little princess on my birthday. So I was very thankful for that. (laughs) Magic Mountain? We did go to Magic Mountain. It was, you know, I've lived out in LA for four years and I'd never been um, to that Six Flags. So I was really excited to finally do it. And I hadn't been on a roller coaster in years. So I was embracing my inner child. Outstanding. Well, you were one of my first guests on Core Principles podcast. In fact, you were the fifth guest I had. And you were one of the people who encouraged me do this podcasting thing. So for the sake of our listeners, especially Jenna, I want to ask you to catch us up. Uh, It's been a little over two years and they've been crazy two years. What were these past two years like in the life of Jenna Day? You know, I felt very blessed um, these past two years because I feel like even though the world was going through so much, I felt like I I was very taken care of in the sense of just the way God opened up certain doors for me, you know, I'm an actor and that's predominantly what I wanted to do, but due to the pandemic and just some of the regulations that SAG was putting into place, I wasn't actually able to do much acting um, during that time. However, God opened up another door for me and I was able to um, be a producer at a production company that I helped build. Uh, and we did uh, content for beauty brands and shot commercials and things like that for beauty brands. And um, it was an amazing opportunity because it gave me some professional directing experience um, working with some of these top brands. Uh, and I was able to direct on set, which was a phenomenal learning experience. But I was also able to learn what it takes to run a production company. Um, and the benefit of that was being the boss, you kind of get to uh, call the shots a little bit. And so it was a bit of a Queen Esther moment where God put me in a place uh, for a certain time to preserve some people, right? Um, People who needed work, people who needed jobs, people who weren't able to come on other sets were able to come on to my set. And that was very, something I really fought for. It was something that was very important to me. And um, he put me in a position where I was valuable enough to where I could make some of those calls to help Uh, people get through a pretty tumultuous time. And the benefit of that for me was I learned a lot as well. Um, I grew a lot as a person and as a leader. Um, And even though that's not obviously the the main dream, um, sometimes God takes us on these little detours that help us learn what we need to learn, preserve 
people alive, right? Keep people going. Um, and including myself, you know, it was able to uh, stabilize me financially because I had so much consistent work, uh, a little too much, actually. <laughs> it's just why I had to let it go. It was a little, it was pretty all consuming. And, you know, everything has a time and a season and you get to that certain end of the season where you're like, this has been great and it was a blessing, but it's time to move on. And I remember I, the day I decided, Hey, remember why you came out to California? I got to set early. I woke up kind of in the middle of the night and, um, and I had a 7.00 AM call and I got to set early because I just didn't want to be in bed anymore and I couldn't fall back asleep. So I, I drove there and I was in the parking garage by myself and I just was praying and I was just so tired because I'd been working so much and I was just praying and I, I just got outside of my car and started worshiping. Um, and the song that I felt like I was supposed to sing was Jesus loves me. And it was just that reminder of like, you are not alone. He sees you in this. And as I was worshiping, God was like, why don't you just quit? And so I did. I was like, you're right. Why don't I just quit? You know, I've done, I've done what I came here to do for this season. I'm thankful for it. Much good came from it. But that season, you know, it says he opens all doors and closes all doors. It was coming to a close and it came to a close at just the right time. And that's enabling me to get back into the, the acting, being on set in more creative capacities you know, I love directing, but I don't want to sell mascara to people. You know what I mean? I want to make art that's meaningful. <laughs> so, yes. so it was time, you know. And so we're going to talk about that today, that uh, next big project. But there's a lot of callback within that great answer that you gave about what's been going on for you. Uh, the words that stick out to me that you told me in 2020 was uh, that we were made for a time such as this. And that's exactly yeah. what you just uh, just said right there. You also made me think of uh, Jeremiah 2911. Uh, mm. God says, I know the plans I have for you. And so it's great when someone can stay in tune with God's plans. And listeners, that means you. You can stay in tune with God's plans. Seek and do His will, and He is faithful. So that's a great uh, reminder there, Jenna. And also something else that uh, was a callback there. You told me in 2020 on this show that you expected 2021 to be super busy. And it wasn't as you intended, but it was super busy. So all those things come full circle. But I also remember that you were one of the first uh, in your circle of actors and uh, creative people to get certified to safely work on set during yeah. the pandemic, because we know that the uh, creative arts have had some of the strictest rules of any uh, ventures out there during the pandemic. Yeah, they do. And I was super glad I got that certification. Um, it helped me be able to keep a set going during all of the tumultuous changes and regulations and changes in numbers. Um, it, it did help us keep people safe on set. You know, we, we did have a few people who came to set and then later on found out they had, you know, contracted COVID and, and the beautiful thing about what we did to try to keep people safe is it never spread beyond the one person ever, you know, and through the whole year. So like what we were doing really worked and, 
you know, what I wanted to do was, can I keep people safe? Can I make people feel as comfortable as possible? You know, you're only, you can only control people's fears so much, right? Then it's their responsibility. But can I make people as comfortable as possible, as certain as possible coming to this set without impeding on their freedoms and their choices? And that was something that was really important to me as well. We have a freedom and a choice on whether or not we want to get vaccinated, all these things. And that was something that I really wanted to maintain is like, I'm not going to say you can't work if you're unvaccinated. I don't believe that's right. Um, I think that, you know, now that we've seen numbers and things like that, we know that that wasn't right. You know, morally it wasn't right, but even scientifically, it just didn't have the foundation of logic that was being propagated at the time. And I just felt like, you know, people need to work and it, and people's rights to choose what they inject into their body needs to be preserved, you know? So that was something that I was also able to really put my foot down and be one of the only sets, maybe even the only set in LA that was like, no, I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't need to see your medical history for you to show up and be a model on my set or to be a crew member on my set. There are ways we can keep each other safe and we're gonna follow all those rules, but you know, it just, yeah, it was an interesting scene to navigate for sure. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. If I don't edit that last answer out, you just got my program <laughs> banned. So thanks a lot, Jenna Day. No, I'm teasing. I say that stuff all the time. It's a different topic, okay. but I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about your latest project, Danny Boy. Uh, mm -hmm. What inspired you to take on a movie about World War II era? I love movies set in World War II. Um, I think it's one of the most fascinating times in human history for many reasons. Um, geopolitically, what led up to the war is fascinating. But there's also so many stories of sacrifice and resilience and love and just... I feel like sometimes the worst times can bring out the best in people and sometimes the worst too, but um, it can really bring out the best in people. So I love films about World War II. I was listening, this was, this was probably like four years ago. I was listening to the song, Danny Boy. And I was, as I was listening to it, the story popped in my head. And I was telling somebody about this story, this visual that came to me. And it just sort of sat there marinating in my thoughts for a long time. And every time I'd hear the song, um, which was a lot, like it kept coming up a lot. I, I felt like, man, I, I want to do that one day. I want to turn that into a film one day. And so one day I was like, I'm going to write the script. So I wrote the script. I ended up sending a script to several people um, and they were excited to be a part of it. Uh, my DP, director of photography, was excited to be a part of it. And we were like, yeah, let's make this. Then I ended up sending the script to a friend in Atlanta who forwarded that script on to a bunch of people. And then a bunch of people were like, we're going to come together and make this project happen. So um, it's been a very collaborative effort. I'm super excited to bring this project to life. It is about... Um, a small town waking up to the news that World War II has ended. So it's set on August 14th, 1945, which was the day that they announced, hey, Japan has surrendered. And so um, I think for me, 
growing up with all the stories my grandparents used to tell me um, about what they did during the war and what they remember from that time, I think I wanted to focus a movie in on the home front. And um, instead of, you know, going to a battlefield to tell the story, I wanted to show the emotional battlefield um, of victory and personal loss that so many people were grappling with here in the United States of America. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite musical artists is a guy named Joe Jackson. Uh, He's a bit eclectic. He's done every kind of style of music there is pretty much. Um, He has a song called The Man Who Wrote Danny Boy. And it's meant to be ironic, of course, because he ends the song boasting about how when he dies after he's written his masterpiece, he's going to be famous, just like Shakespeare and Bach and the man who wrote Danny Boy, because of course, nobody knows. Uh, We do know we can look it up. But you ask anybody who wrote Danny Boy, and they're like, "Uh, I don't know. The answer, by the way, is uh, Frederick Weatherly. He was a lawyer in Britain. But this overwhelmingly beautiful song, they say it can bring a tear to a glass eye. And the author of the lyrics is mostly forgotten. But uh, something related to your last answer, Jenna, uh, would you say that that song was inspirational just to the era for you or actually for the story you're telling? Definitely the story I'm telling. Um, The story that comes to mind when I hear the song is a woman waiting for her true love to come back to her. And there was a lot of waiting in that time as people were volunteering to go overseas and drafted to go overseas. And the story does focus in on this woman's, this woman's story um, of how she's praying for his safe return and, and visualizing it and waiting for it. And then, so what is that news like for someone to be like, the war's over, he's coming home. Um, what does that look like to receive that news? Um, so I can't tell you all the twists and turns of the plot. No, I'm not going to ask for spoilers. <laughs> but um, it focuses in on that. Well, in terms of other inspirations and maybe for the how you want to visualize your story, I remember uh, a while back, maybe a couple of months now, time flies, you asked friends for movie recommendations Uh World War II era movies. And I wanted to ask you, Jenna Day, what are your favorite World War II era movies? And did you draw from them certain things that you wanted to try to incorporate visually or otherwise? So um, of the list, uh, I think my favorite that I watched, and it really surprised me that this was my favorite, it was a movie called Stalingrad. And um, it's all in German with English subtitles. It's from the Germans' perspective, um, and it's focused on their fighting Russia um, during World War II, which I didn't know a lot about. Um, I, I think it is so raw and real and riveting. Um, it's, it's one of those films that really shows the horrors of war, unlike a lot of films that I think have a lot more... Um, of a glorification of it in a, in a way like some war movies kind of turn into 
realistic superhero movies, um, which is fine. And I like those too, but Stalingrad really was very real and very raw in terms of storyline. Obviously my, my little movie has nothing to do with, with that storyline. Um, and even visually will look very different from that film, but the performances in that film really inspired me the way it was so raw and so pulled back. Um, I'm hoping to achieve something very similar as far as like the, the visuals though. Um, I'm actually trying to give a bit of an homage to old Hollywood, um, which had so much saturation and vibrancy and they don't make movies like that anymore. In fact, a lot of times when you watch movies and they're period pieces, they desaturate it and they give it this sort of dusty uh, cover, right? And you feel like you're looking through a little bit of a dirty lens when you're looking at it. Um, and that is to give you a feeling that you're in another time. Um, but I think that that's something that Hollywood has sort of trained our eye to see, because if in reality, like the world was just as colorful back in that, you know, back in the day as it is now. Um, and so in reality, the 1940s were very colorful and beautiful and saturated. And I really want to do something different from the current Hollywood trend when it comes to period pieces and give vibrancy to this story, especially because it's happening in this small town, middle America town. Um, I'd love to really bring that town to life in a, in a vibrant way. Well, now you've teed up about three different questions in my mind that I want to follow up with, but uh, I'll try to stay on target uh, and hit them all before we mm -hmm. conclude. But I noticed, uh, and we're going to talk uh, towards the end, I hope we have time to talk about your uh, crowdfunding uh, yeah. for the movie, but we'll get to that uh, as sort of the punchline uh, to bring it all together uh, when we think about how is it possible for you to be making this. Um, but I noticed, and I will say I happily noticed, that you'll be making the movie in Georgia rather than in California. So I wanted to ask you, Jenna Day, what were the factors of you moving this production to Georgia? Yeah, I moved it to Georgia for several reasons. One, it's very difficult to find filming locations in California that have that middle America feel and that can look like it's in the 1940s. Um, so I knew I was going to film back closer to home. Um, in fact, at first I thought I might even film it in Kentucky because there's some amazing locations in Kentucky. But Georgia right now just has the crews, the manpower, the production rental houses, like they just have so many logistical things um, and infrastructure that's built and very conducive for filming. So I went and I scouted some locations in Georgia and I was like, you know what, this has the look that I'm looking for. But again, all those people that want to work on this project and a lot of them are working for free on the project are in Georgia. And so um, it just felt like the doors were pointing that direction. They were all opening that direction. And I'd be silly not to to fall in line there. It's also less expensive to film in Georgia than California. <laughs> that's that's a key we'll get back to as well. And in, in fact, yeah. though, uh, it does lead directly to one of the things I wanted to ask you that also ties into the period piece nature of this movie, a challenge for any sort of period piece is wardrobe. How 
are you able to get appropriate wardrobe for a World War II era movie on a tight budget? So again, I've had so many doors open, um, costume designers wanting to come and work on this project for free. They've read the script, they believe in it. Um, and there's a lot of costume rental houses that are willing to cut us deals. And we're super thankful for that because I'm going to have a lot of extras on this film. Um, when people discover the news that World War II has ended and they see that newspaper headline, I envision people running out into the streets. And so in one of our filming locations is at sort of a city center in like a downtown small town. And people are just going to be running out from everywhere. And um, I'm actually really excited because um, we're, we're going to have picture cars as well. And they're cutting us a deal. Uh, Tyler Perry's picture car guy is cutting us a bit of a deal. Um, and we're like super excited about that. And that was a huge blessing. Um, so we're going to have vintage cars, vintage costumes. Um, everything's going to look like the time period. I think I'm going to have about 35 extras on set. 30 in that scene that I, that I mentioned. Um, so it's a lot to do. It's going to be a very busy day. Um, it, you know, even with people cutting us all the deals in the world, like, and people being as generous and awesome and helpful as they've been, movies still cost money. And co the costume budget, when I figured everything up is one of the largest chunks um, it, I, it's going to cost more than the camera rental. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, costumes are important, but we're, we're trying to make it happen. Well, uh, movies do cost money except for the little teeny movies that I make that, uh, volunteers <laughs> like yourself drive across the state and do it for free. But, uh, good movies, actual movies that you thought through like yours do cost money. And some of them, have been really great that are not only self-produced, but also funded without studio support. I remember the legendary, and I mean heroic legendary, Robert Duvall. He could do anything, right? He was uh, in Godfather movies. He, he's in Lonesome Dove. He's an icon. He wanted to make a movie about a charismatic preacher, and none of the Hollywood studios would touch it. So he and his friends did it without the studio support. It's called The Apostle. Listeners, if you haven't watched it, it's very intriguing. Uh, it's really an actor's showcase, as you would expect. Um, and then, of course, there was Mel Gibson. He established himself to where he could do almost anything, but he wanted to do The Last Hours of Jesus. No studio would touch The Passion of the Christ, so he did it himself, cut himself yeah. on the, uh, the gross, and now he's got more money than ever because super popular, uh, sold a lot of tickets. And of course, most listeners will have uh, watched or at least heard of a series about the life of Jesus called The Chosen. That is a crowdfunded project, and I think it is the largest crowdfunded project to date. Now, I mention these things because you're following their lead and crowdfunding Danny Boy. Yes. So yes. I want to let listeners know that there's a website called seedandspark.com, S-E-E-D and spark, S-P-A-R-K, seedandspark.com, where you can search for Danny Boy and you can support the making of this movie. And there's a lot of different perks uh, if you're interested in 
some of those or you can just support it because it's going to be awesome. Uh, I wanted to ask you though, Jenna Day, are there any other ways to directly support this upcoming production? You know, um, right now the biggest thing we need is donations and even if it's ten dollars it goes a long way um i think that you know people underestimate just how much a small contribution adds up and if everybody um, is able to give a little big things can happen um, so that's the number one way is just um, being generous to the project supporting good art getting made um, the other thing is just sharing the project so writing up a post about it if you're unable to give just sharing a little bit of hey i saw this awesome project you should support it because it's something that is um uplifting and it's important and it's a love letter to all those who serve our country and i feel like there's not a lot of art being made like that right now and i i'd like to see that changed um so that's another thing is sharing it and then the third thing is just praying for us you know because um it is a lot of work to make a movie i mean it is so much coordination rehearsals practices and and making calls to ask people to donate it's it's a lot of work so um just pray for our team because we've got a big undertaking but i am so blessed i'm working with some of the most talented people that i know and that's the trick right when you're leading a production is find people more talented than you and then convince them to work with you <laughs> and I am that's familiar, what i'm and i am blessed <laughs> to have done so on several occasions uh, you you being the pinnacle of that uh, i would say uh, still amazes me what you did and why uh, well Thanks for all of those encouraging words and the information about this movie. Uh, some people complain. Uh, you said earlier, you know, they don't make movies like they used to. And that's a complaint some of us sometimes have that are some of us that are just watchers and not in the movie business. And it's true for many reasons. But one of the reasons that some major movie studios really, they don't like the traditional values that were upheld in the movies the way they used to be made. So listeners... Uh, you may have noticed that content creation has become more readily accessible to all of us. Just take this podcast, for example. I started this as a COVID hobby in June of 2020, but now it's on the Super Talk Network of radio stations. Uh, this is now the 104th episode. And uh, I've never believed the old saying that if you want something done, you have to do it yourself. However, it is true that if you want something done specifically your own way, you're probably going to have to do most of the work yourself or team up with like-minded people who are doing things your way. And now we who are like-minded with people like Jenna Day making movies the way they used to be made with the values they used to uphold do have the ability to directly support such a project. Uh, Danny Boy is such a project. Jenna Day is such a director and such an actor. And so uh, I'm encouraged uh, to support it and uh, hope listeners will as well in the ways that Jenna mentioned. Um, so Jenna Day, I want to thank you for joining me again on Core Principles, and I'm really cheering you on to great success. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you.
it's been a blessing just to be on and it's been encouraging to watch your podcast grow and grow because I remember when it was just the idea and I remember, you know, when it first started and the perseverance that you've had has been awesome. The topics that you've tackled have been amazing. You know, it's time to, I literally read this verse this morning. It's in, um, in first Peter, I think first Peter four or something. Um, but I was reading in first Peter and it was talking about if those who have the gift to speak, they should speak and essentially saying, speak with the confidence as if God himself was speaking, you know, and that's something that you've, you've done is you've spoken, you've spoken confidently and you've spoken true and uplifting and encouraging and loving words over my life. Like, I think that's what people don't realize is like, you're, you're doing this thing and it's awesome, but you're also that encouraging voice, not just on your podcast, but off your podcast as well. And so I want to thank you for being one of the people who contributed to this film and is helping it get made. That means the world to me, but also the prayer and the encouragement that you've given me has been so amazing. So thank you for inviting me to be a guest on your podcast again. Core Principles Podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July, L-E-I-G-H-T July. You can find our music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Core Principles Podcast. Please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information. And please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.